This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Last week's announcement that Nokia was going to be buying French electronics giant Alcatel-Lucent for $16.6 billion may have changed some in the ways that uh, smartphone companies will approach their supply chains in the future and may lead to more consolidation in the market. To explain a little bit more about what will be going on here with the wireless industry and as well the telecom sector, we are uh, joined here in the studio by Sakit. Chowdhury, who is the executive director of Mac Institute's uh, Mac, the Mac Institute for Innovation Management here at the Wharton School. Great to see you again. Thanks Good for to coming see in. You. Thanks a lot for inviting uh, me. Surprised that, that this deal went down first? Uh, no, I'm not surprised uh, because because we've, we've been witnessing uh, consolidation in the industry coming uh, in the past few years. If you look at it, the pattern that Nokia is following is very much similar to what Ericsson did. Um, Ericsson was primarily known for handsets, just mm-hmm. as Nokia was in the last 10, 15 years. They shed that business, uh, Ericsson, to uh, a joint venture with Sony Ericsson, and uh, concentrated on the mobile uh, network equipment business, which was booming and much more uh, profitable. So Nokia is doing the same. The handset business is now in the hands of Microsoft, yeah. and they're focusing on uh, mobile networks. And um, you know they're well behind Ericsson and Huawei, the Chinese disruptor. So um, they and Alcatel-Lucent, who weren't smaller, are now coming together to join forces. This merger, though, how much does it change the market as a whole in terms of supplying the equipment that telecoms, wireless, all companies seem to need for the variety of, of different devices that we have in our lives these days? Well, I can look. Uh, you can look at it in a couple of ways. One is consolidation typically leads to power going into the hands of the suppliers a bit mm-hmm. more. And uh, there's also a pricing issue. Yes. Uh, I think what's happened is that with the tens of billions of dollars worth of uh, mobile telephony uh, equipment, uh, for building out their networks that have been placed by these various service providers. Think about the T-Mobiles, AT&T, um, and um, other companies around the world, especially in the emerging markets. The uh, They've really been able to call the shots and, and play suppliers and vendors off against each other. And now, I think what uh, Alcatel, Lucent, and Nokia are uh, hoping to do is to help the industry, if you will, uh, as a whole, but also to really gain ground. Yeah. To be very honest, Ericsson and Huawei have been uh, dominating when it comes to supplying the equipment of late. Are, are they at the point where, for Nokia, uh, and obviously Ericsson uh, before them, that the market for handsets, for wireless handset, it is dominated by you know two or three real big name players. That it's just not it's just not a, an expectation to be profitable, not only now but maybe thirty forty years down the line. Yes, I mean if you take the handset part of the business, yeah. you know, with uh, Apple, with uh, Android based makers, you know, including Samsung, right, yeah. and then the HTCs of this world. It's very difficult to compete, both in terms of the, uh, due to the market shares they already hold, but due to the innovation that's now required um, to penetrate that market. The equipment market, which uh, is basically about, you know, creating all the, building all the networks on which all of our services run, yeah. that one's uh, a bit more consolidated where the likes of Nokia and others uh, will have a better shot. That said, 
Um, you know, for Nokia, honestly speaking, this is a little bit of a uh, an interesting juncture, an important time frame in the company's history. They've um, lost their leadership uh, and gotten out of the handset business, and now they really have to make a valiant attempt to uh, to make a, a stronger mark because they've been slipping in the equipment business as well yeah. to build a network. Well, and, and I guess then for here in the United States, it becomes important to them because I think I read one story that said that that they were, uh, in terms of supplying equipment here in the United States, were were down in the chain, and actually Alcatel-Lucent was ahead of them. So that combination together really does boost their bottom line in terms of delivering equipment here in the United States. It does. If you look at it geographically, what you're alluding to is, since Lucent was a heavyweight, obviously, in the U.S. market, and really was in with um, um, having been part of Verizon uh, during the days of the the integrated monopoly, um, Lucent was strong there. Um, Alcatel was somewhat strong in certain European countries, um, so earlier, of course, a number of years ago, Alcatel and Lucent came together to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Nokia actually had some more traction in the Asian markets as well. So with that, you've got a bit more of the geographic coverage. But what's more important than that is if you're now supplying um, really billions of dollars worth of equipment um, for carriers, especially the global ones, then mm-hmm. you're also able to say we're strong in a number of these different markets and uh, are able to go for much bigger deals. So this was really, uh, it ended up being too good of a deal for for Alcatel to pass up. I agree, because I think they've been struggling um, the most um, out of all of them. Yeah. And so it's certainly there, and the price they got um, is also quite healthy. You know, so it's sixteen billion. That's yeah. uh, quite a premium. We are joined by Shoka Chowdhury, who is executive director of the Mac Institute's, uh, the Mac Institute for Innovation Management here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. We're talking about the deal uh, between uh, Nokia and Alcatel Lucent uh, to push forward and uh, be one company. Uh, I guess since the fact that 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 Nokia sold off its handset business uh, to Microsoft a year ago. Uh, it, it does obviously, I mean, and they have changed their course as to what kind of company that they want to be. Uh, and, and that's that's a pattern that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, they want to focus really on the hardware and, and really be a profitable company from that perspective. Absolutely right. And uh, I think it's worth that bet, uh, to be honest, since they've slipped on the handset side. The margins in the equipment are still higher, but um, one thing they do have to watch out for, and that's why I say it's not going to be easy for them, is with Huawei coming into the market um, over the last you know decade and really gaining and winning a lot of these, um, these bids to uh, supply equipment, especially in fast-growing emerging markets, yeah. what's happened is they're commoditizing the market to some extent. You know, So the margins are, have been uh, under under pressure. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, by any means going to be an easy ride for Nokia. But we haven't really seen, I, I mean, at least I haven't, Huawei having a, you know, a huge, I mean, they obviously have a huge effect around the globe, but obviously for those of us here in the United States, it, it hasn't happened at this point. No, and Huawei has um, been challenged because a number of countries, the United States, but uh, also Britain, Australia, even the likes of India, have had concerns due to the nature of the state ownership, yeah. um, you know, at least implicit or explicit uh, in the company. And so there have been national security types of concerns raised around that. And so they haven't been able to penetrate the markets as they would like. But to be honest, and at some point, what happens is cost also plays an important role, especially yeah. if private enterprises are the ones buying the equipment. Sure. And if they need to keep changing their equipment and evolving. The second thing is Huawei is now no longer a company which is just um, producing very low-end types of products. Their initial entry into the market was mm-hmm. really about 
about copy and imitate and, and uh, offer a lower priced version. Yeah. Now they've started to innovate as well. And so um, there'll be a, a stronger proposition going forward. But are the companies, you know, like Apple and anything running on the Android system, at least here in the United States, are they so massive? that it's just hard for, for any company to break through at this point. See, this is exactly, it goes back to that first point, which is about that uh, that bargaining power between the two sides. Yeah. You know, I mean, really the uh, the service providers here um, have been in a position where, um, you know, the AT&Ts, the Verizons, they've had some bargaining power, but it's really been the handset makers who are strong, like mm-hmm. the Apples, who have, uh, have had that bargaining power. And then the equipment makers are sort of playing a role in that ecosystem as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, really just um, chasing the revenue and out, uh, trying to outdo each other. But because they now have, or will have, Alcatel-Lucent under their uh, umbrella, could you see some point down the road where maybe they will really try and get back into the handset business because they have so much of the hardware end of it under under their own under their own control or is getting back in into the retail aspect of it just just not what is going to happen with them for Nokia yeah um it's uh well you could say that since as part of Microsoft they're you know still in the business sure yeah um you know they have that link but really they've separated the two businesses now right yeah. i mean one's part of Microsoft and the other one's separate so i, I can't see i can't envision Nokia, if you will, coming back together. Um, It could only happen under a scenario where Microsoft decides. Let's assume that they do decently with the handsets, but Microsoft decides, you know what, we're really in enterprise systems and software. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be in the handset business. But they're able to get that handset business um, off to a good start, and and they have some traction. Mm -hmm. Nokia does decently on this side. Then, hypothetically, it might be possible for them to come together. But honestly, with the separation that's taken place, I I find it hard to imagine. We are joined by uh, Shoikit Chowdhury, who is executive director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management at the Wharton School. We're talking about the Nokia Alcatel Lucent merger, which was announced last week. 844 Wharton, 844 9427 866 is the number if you'd like to ask a question or have a comment. Uh, so then, are we going to see uh, a little bit of a pricing war in terms of the, the telecom services going forward because of the fact that you now have Nokia and Alcatel together? And obviously, they they, they are their own Goliath right now. They are. I don't know if it'll it'll be passed on to the consumers. I think the way that the uh, um, the Verizon's, AT and T's, and T Mobile's operate is they go by willingness to pay. Sure. Yeah. So they may achieve some savings on their end, but um, I'm not sure it'll be be passed on. It's really uh, on the other end. But you know, the other thing I want to say on this uh, deal is that success is is not assured. You know, you've got this whole integration that has to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, between yeah. uh, Nokia and Alcatel Lucent, and it's not so easy. Nokia is a Finnish company, truly globally operating. As well, you've got Alcatel Lucent, which has its own issues, um, being a French-U.S. type of combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing those together um, in terms of uh, integration, technologically, but also in terms of just the software factors, like the people, is not a given. Mm-hmm. And uh, the premium that's paid is fairly high, so um, they need to recoup that in some way. But it, it would it would seemingly have to be a. F- uh I mean, sure, you're going to have situations that pop up, but you would think it would seemingly have to be a fairly easy transition or else you wouldn't go forward with the with the deal to begin with. Well, um, honestly speaking, the success rate for mergers and acquisitions hovers somewhere around 30 or 40 <laughs> or best 50 percent. So I think everybody intends to do that. Yeah. But um, if you look at major deals, I mean, Daimler, Chrysler, Ariel, Time Warner is just prime examples. Yeah. Uh, it's not so simple. And so they need to figure it out and, and how to recoup that money. And 
But you know what? Even if they do figure it out, it takes time to integrate technologically yeah. and organizations. So in that time, the other competitors, Huawei, Ericsson, have also an opportunity to go after the customers mm -hmm. of uh, Alcatel, Lucent, and Nokia. You know, so they'll certainly do play that uh, game as well. How much kind of a, a transition time? Do we think that, that that'll happen? I mean, it's obviously it'll get going as as soon as possible. But as you said, you know, it does take time to get this done. Yes. First of all, they'll need to get approval from shareholders of both companies, but especially yeah. the antitrust authorities. Yeah. Right. That'll take uh, some months. And then after that, there's uh, the actual integration product wise and uh, and people wise, process wise, consolidation of facilities and so forth. So, I mean, uh, these kinds of merges typically take a year um, or more to fully integrate. And part of this will have to go through the, the government here in the United States because of the the, the, uh, the foreign business aspect to it. Yes, um, there are all these approvals that have to be taken uh, definitely at the national levels and also the um, um, trade um, antitrust type of levels as well. Absolutely. So that, that approval in of itself will take uh, some months. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Uh, are the carriers worried... I don't know how much they would be, but would they be worried about the fact that realistically a lot of the equipment is coming from a couple of different sources? They generally do, um, but um, the carriers have been doing fairly well by comparison, at least some of them have, in yeah. terms of the pricing power that they hold. The consolidation on their end is more important, so if you look at it on the carrier side, there are also only a few left. All of this is basically an oligopoly now, you know, so sure. you've got a few. It's much like the airline industry as well. So I wouldn't imagine that they're overly concerned. There'll be a little bit pressure on them. Um, it might actually help them if there's a third stronger competitor yeah. rather than it being, you know, the choice between, say, an Ericsson uh, and Huawei. You know, they've got another potentially strong third competitor coming up as well. Um, but that premium is very high. So the number of synergies that uh, Nokia and Alcatel C um, and Alcatel Lucent have to extract is also quite a bit, you know, and that's yeah. not just going to come through the simple cost savings, but it has to come through additional revenue synergies as well. You obviously wouldn't think that there will be a, a, a any kind of major effect with this uh, merger going on with Apple, uh, you know, down the road. And, and you wouldn't think that you would see it with like the big, the really big successful wireless companies, but some of the ones that are that are kind of on the outside of that pack looking in. Any effect on them? Yes, um, like it the will T-Mobiles and Sprints of the world. Um, uh, there could be, um, depending on what they have to do in terms of their equipment upgrades. You know, going forward, um, I think that uh, they're all still large enough, though, to be honest, that uh, they carry a lot of bargaining power. Okay. So I don't expect that to really manifest itself uh, on that end. It might make them all more profitable, um, is what they're hoping to get another choice, and then uh, from the actual equipment side. Um, I don't know if Huawei and um, Ericsson are too unhappy either, because if they, they really, as a as an industry, the equipment makers have more power, it might help them actually negotiate against sure. with the um, the carriers also. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out, because, uh, you know, the, as we all know, the wireless sector is, is not shrinking. Uh, it's going to continue to grow. And, and the telecom really has, has taken off, I mean, phenomenally over the last few years as well, too. Absolutely right. You know, it's a it's a growth market, 
and especially with data um, right. and its proliferation, you yeah. know, that's the the new lease on life, if you will, because uh, a lot of the in, in these advanced countries and developed countries like the U.S. or Europe are fairly highly penetrated mm-hmm. in terms of you know people have smartphones and, and phones, right? But the opportunity comes from further growth in data, and I think that's where um, this will play a major role. So, uh, so is is there an area then around the globe where this merger? I mean, we talked about the United States, but is there an area, Europe, wherever it might be, you know, going into Asia, that the combined Nokia and Alcatel-Lucent really will have a noticeable effect? Yes, Asia in particular. Okay. And the reason is, if you look at it, all the major um, Asian uh, carriers, you know, it's part the Airtel or, you know, China Telecom and so forth, they operate on a different model. It's much more of a, it's a low margin but high volume model with their huge populations. And so they're always looking to lower the prices of their network growth and upgrades. It's very expensive for those companies. They're large now, but it's still, relatively speaking, very expensive for them given what they, uh, the pricing that they can charge. And so they will look to play off these uh, these vendors, and so they're hoping that with another choice, um, they'll be able to play off these vendors. Um, at the same time, the industry is hoping that they can extract a little bit more um, sure, yeah. <laughs> from there. It, it's it's hard to predict. In part, you know, um, we'll see how it transpires. You know, a lot of it is the demand growth. Yeah. There might be, if the pie grows big enough, everybody can benefit. And so um, then we'll have a third strong competitor. So having, having your product out there and, and touching as many people uh, as possible ends up being the most important thing rather than that actual, you know, what you're getting per person or per company off of that margin. Yeah, that's right. Right now, that's the game. 844 Wharton, 844 9427 is the number to give us a call. Uh, we mentioned that uh, that uh, this will have some regulatory hurdles to to clear. How tough will those will those bridges be? I mean, we talked about the time frame, but you know, I, I don't think that this is a type of deal where we would see uh, any any of the bodies here in the United States say, no, we, we really are going to go against this deal. It, you don't have that same type of effect as you would with some of the, the, the companies uh, over in China. Yes. And the reason is that, um, you know, for two reasons. One is that the, consumer, the impact on the consumer is not expected to be negative. Um, and sure. the second yeah. is that there aren't really any national security concerns, like yeah. you point out. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. So then for the consumer, the Joe Average consumer, they really won't see much of a change at all, will they? Uh, no, uh, at, at least not indirectly. I mean, where they, uh, at least not directly, where they will probably see a change is, you know, when you have consolidation of this sort, uh, the uh, prowess R&D-wise of Alcatel, Lucent, mm-hmm. and Nokia is also substantial. So after they integrate, once they get their cost reduction, cost synergies in place, and they start innovating on new products and services, they could, they have the opportunity to come up with new products and services carrying, mm-hmm. let's say, even more data, making networks even more seamless and faster yeah. and more reliable. But that's a bit down the road, you know? So, um, so I don't think they'll be seeing uh, um, much of that. But uh, what was it about about Alcatel that was that that really that that premier chip that that Nokia saw and said yes we want to include this in our in our operation we want to add this and it'll really enhance our our uh, our scenario going down the road I think there are three things going on. One is that the general need for consolidation, and these are the guys who are struggling, so a bit yeah. uh, a bit like the American Airlines and U.S. Airways scenario, the ones who are left over, yeah. um, to put it a little bit negatively. But in a more positive sense, um, there are both sufficient overlaps and uh, sufficient complementarities uh, across these parties. Geographically, like we mentioned, they uh, are actually Being quite complementary. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is the Lucent part of it has strong R&D. I and mean, remember that 
that uh, Lucent used to be basically the Bell Labs part with all its Nobel laureates, yeah. and and so that's right. Um, yeah. We can't forget that part either. So they've always had a strong tradition in R and D, um, which they can bank on. And Nokia has been uh, in that area, but they had in their earlier, at least incarnation, focused more on the handset business. Yeah, um, and put a lot of emphasis there. Um, so uh, they had lost a little bit uh, of the edge on the R and D on this side. They hope to get that back. But how successful has Nokia been the last year or so since they? They ship the handset business off to Microsoft. I would say they're still in restructuring mode. Okay. Um, so they haven't gone under. You know, it's it's important to be fair on that front as well. They have had traction, but they've been struggling to get the new um, win these new bids. You know, for really supplying a lot of equipment on the network side. So then, obviously, this deal. Then we talked about how. Uh, valuable it is for Alcatel and, and the pieces being associated with Nokia. It's obviously very important for Nokia to be able to not only add you know that infrastructure from Alcatel, but also to add their client base as well. Absolutely, scale is everything in this, right? You've yeah. got the client base, um, you've got the ability to uh, ship uh, uh, more products, better quality products, and, and more innovative products. And you've got the ability to negotiate harder. Plus, yeah. of course, there's consolidation benefits in terms of uh, facilities that you can either shut down or reduce. And so some of it will also come from the cost savings. Both sides need each other. I yeah. think that's the bottom line on it. Um, it'll also make the integration harder because um, they'll both have want equal say, even though technically one is buying um, the other in this case, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not structured as a merger. But um, clearly, Alcatel-Lucent also carries a lot of weight, and, and there are certain areas where they're um, key. What'll be important to make the whole thing work is to really have a strong capabilities-based approach. So okay. figure out which of these three entities, I'll call it, really, um, Alcatel-Lucent and Nokia, sure. who's strong in what area, put the leadership in charge and the teams in charge from these respective areas mm -hmm. for the global combine, um, and that that'll be able to um, garner more success than if, if Nokia tries to, let's say, impose uh, its own ways and do things the Nokia way. That's not going to work. So with the with the consolidation we've seen and, and now with this deal in place, uh, how much more room is there uh, with other bodies out there for more consolidation, or are we starting to get towards towards that tipping point? We are starting to get towards that tipping point. I mean, you've got the majors, you know, who yeah. are there. Um, smaller players who are focused in certain areas yeah. uh, might think about going in this direction, but they've really become specialists, you know. So you see that in the telecom equipment market, on the networking side, on the hardware side, um, uh, in the um, fixed wireless and internet side as well, with mm -hmm. the Cisco's, Huawei's, but also the Junipers and, and others. Juniper is an example of a specialist. Yeah. Cisco. Huawei um, are kind of the larger players in the market. What's then the, the biggest area that maybe we might see Nokia this this new Nokia corporation jump into? Is is there an area that that this deal allows them to really add to something to their piece that maybe that that they you know that they haven't looked for, or maybe even something that you know because of if it, if it being a combined company that maybe there's an area that neither Nokia or Alcatel really had jumped into with both feet before, but now they have the opportunity to do that. Yes, I think a huge area is going to be um, not just improving the efficiency and efficacy of the equipment, but security is such a big concern, right? Okay. I mean, if these yeah. networks are now the backbone of everything that we do, every the whole economy depends upon yeah. it, defense depends upon it, the entire global functioning depends upon it. But security, as we've seen, you know, through minor things like uh, credit card frauds and so forth that we've seen. <laughs> um, minor? Is, is, uh, <laughs> is target about minor. Exactly right. You know, so... Um, 
Um, you know, you understood my sarcasm, but it's really yeah. those, you know, that has to be built into the equipment. Plus you sure. see a new move. Um, there's something called software defined networking that's coming into being, which is, means that basically that um, software is starting to govern a lot of how uh, equipment is working. It's not sure. so much in the hardware. Yeah. Those are all areas. There's a whole new technological frontier and advancement we need to work on. Um, both in efficiency, effectiveness of these products, but also in the security side. But which how, both much, sides will be how much of that, though, is already built into what Nokia has been doing and what Alcatel has been doing? Or does this potentially open the door for maybe another company to be acquired to bring that piece to the puzzle for this new Nokia corporation? See, I think that um, none of the companies have done enough yet in terms yeah. of security. Of yeah. course, people are doing it, but that's the area which is overall the weakest in the link in the industry right now, and people are realizing it. <laughs> Top so, to bottom. Yeah, the reason that it's an opportunity is you now have a combined R&D budget, which is large. You can put it together. Sure. But, um, um, you know, one thing just to say, two negatives don't always make a positive, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, yes, the combined R&D budget and the prowess can lead in that direction after phase one of cost uh, savings and synergies, you know, stabilizing the two companies yeah. and, and scale, allowing them to get and win a few more bids. Um, but that's an era where, you know what, in the technology industry, you have a chance to bounce back at every stage, even if one dominates. We saw that with Apple too. Apple dominated with the whole iPad and the mm -hmm. smartphone with their iPhone. Yeah. Uh, over time, Samsung has been able to become a serious contender. It's not that, because product life cycles are relatively short. Sure, yeah. If you can you know, leapfrog and go to the next generation of technology, you have a chance to come back. Great to have you. Thanks Thank for you so in. much. Great Enjoyed to see you very much. Shoika Chowdhury, who, as we mentioned, is Executive Director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management here at the Wharton School. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.